0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Curve Mindset Podcast. Today we were joined by Edu Rubio. Edu is the head coach of the MPA Dons under 23s. In today's episode we talk to Edu about working at the top level, languages and the mindset to be the best. Again, any questions, tweet us at them Curve Mindset or email us at thecurvemindset at gmail.com. Enjoy! Hi everyone and welcome to The Curve Mindset Today I'm joined by Edu Rubio How are you Edu?
1: Yeah very well, thank you Thank you so much for having me in
0: No worries at all uh, Can you just uh, give the listeners a background about yourself? Uh, yeah, so basically I was born in Lleida Small
1: city in Catalonia, in Spain um, I, I played football uh, since I was four um, Up to the age of twenty-two, twenty-three. 23 where i decided to carry on with my university degree sports science and then a master's in psychology and then i came over to to england to carry on with my coaching career um, and basically you know i aspire to, to obviously carry on doing my coaching in, and and try trying to improve myself at the same time that i try to empower and help my players and, and, and the staff that work with me which i think that's probably one of my main things and the things i like the most to make sure that Everyone that works together in our club has a chance to obviously fulfil their own commitments and their own um, aspirations and ambitions.
0: Brilliant. And uh, can you just give the listeners just a brief uh, background about your playing career?
1: Yeah, I mean, I used to play for the academy for Jeda, which was one of the best academies with Barça, Espanyol in Catalonia. Then I went across to Valencia to play over there, and I I got up to like League Two. But in Spain, leaked, I mean, the money in League 2 is not amazing. Uh, and, and I was actually quite bright. And I say I was because I don't think I'm anymore. <laughs> but, um, so I decided to go to university and, and obviously fulfil my coaching career from a more academic perspective without obviously um, losing perspective of being on the grass every day. So I took a job at Valencia Academy, and that's where I combined both uh, my coaching with Valencia, with the young, uh, young lads. I think I started with the under-11s and 12s and then obviously doing my, my um, qualifications as well. And then I had the opportunity to come to, to England and then it's when, um, when I carry on my career here. But my playing career was mainly academy player. I played in one of the best academies there and then I went to Valencia. But yeah, I wasn't going to be uh, good enough to play in League Two, sorry, in League One or Championship or Premier League. And, and I was actually quite good in my coaching, and and I was always the skipper in the team. I was always that sensible guy that you know would would help out the coach and so on. So I realized that I had more potential to be a coach, and, and actually enjoyed uh, the coaching more than the the elite football. I I love playing football, but
0: in an elite environment, uh, I did prefer the coaching. Oh, brilliant! You know, it's um, I used to I play football, and it's just a. Uh... Sometimes you you miss it. Sometimes when you kind of go to the elite level, but um, you've done a lot of articles, uh, including um, the player development project and the coaching manual and others. What was the your favourite article to write, and uh, what was the most challenging one? Uh, and how did you kind of deal with all that kind of the different parts of it? Yeah, um,
1: probably the most challenging was actually this. Also, the one that I enjoy the most. I mean, I like challenges, and I like, um, I think. I think when we are in this environment, about you know uh, improving uh, the players and development, and trying to obviously work with with our staff and making sure that everyone um, you know improves in their own capabilities and in their own and, and compete against their own person. And uh, I think it's important to to be aware of uh, the importance of challenging yourself and the importance of improving yourself as well. Otherwise, it would be quite hypocritic for someone who wants to become a leader to say that he's there to, to improve others and to to help others uh, with their own development, and but not committing himself or herself to, to improve himself or herself as well. So I would say that it's the same article. And it was the, the one I wrote for um, the boot room for the FA, for the FA magazine. And because in just two pages, but very schematic and with bullet points, I had to define my coaching philosophies. And it was difficult because I knew that, Obviously, when you write an article, the article is going to be there forever. But my coaching philosophies are going to be evolving and I'm going to be changing a little bit uh, because when you go and work with different people and when you have different experiences, um, I never copy. I never uh, try to emulate anyone. Uh, I'm quite comfortable who, who, who I am. But at the same time, I'm also very prepared to, to obviously adopt certain things, of, you know, things that I've seen and experienced to improve my own philosophies and my own um, perceptions and, and vision. So I think it was challenging because I had to be very schematic in in presenting my philosophies uh, when if I did show you the PowerPoint presentation that I have is 30 slides and <laughs> I had to uh, sum up 30 slides in, in, in two schematic pages but also because I thought wow that's you know that article is gonna be there forever <laughs> yep. and, 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 and my and I'm prepared to change and I'm prepared to, to, to embrace, uh, you know, different things that may improve my own vision. So obviously, probably what I wrote four or five years ago, uh, it is still relevant and the meat, the main thing is still there and that's, that's who I am. But the ages have changed slightly because I, ha- I have changed and, and because obviously my experiences and my life have, have made me the person who I am today
0: rather than the one I was five years ago. Yeah, brilliant. And we'll get that um, the links for the, the different kind of articles uh, published on the, the Twitter. That would be great. Um, also, uh, I was re- uh, going through your CV and it was really amazing stuff. But um, one of the catches that caught my eye was um, you're an FA tutor. Um, how did yeah. you manage to get that and uh, what clubs are you involved with? Um, well, with the FA, um,
1: due to obviously the, my current job at MK Dons, it's difficult to... Yeah. To obviously help out with the FA, so I don't really work in a in a how can I say in a regular basis with the FA. However, I work with the Spanish FA, so I'm I'm with them. um, I'm quite committed to my job with them. And basically, what it is is um, I'm not gonna lie, it was a coincidence. Uh, I went to do my pro license with Spain, uh, and the sporting director. Uh, said that you know he was quite pleased with with how I presented my my task and how I did my my course and he invited me to to get back as a as a teacher um, so so basically that 's how it went that 's how it happened um, so now, for the last year and a half i 've been going back to the spanish f a on the back of being a student as a pro license student there with them to teach in the u f a and the pro license and um, and basically the challenge with, with those uh, courses is, again, same challenge as you would have with the the staff that you work with the club and the players, is to try to adapt, obviously, uh, your um, classes to meet their needs and to make sure that, you know, what you do is relevant to them. So and it, I I like it because it's quite exciting because every class is different, even though you are giving, obviously, the same... Um, curriculum, because that's what you need to do obviously, because it's a it's a it's a closed course and you have to follow the curriculum but every class is different because you have different audience and I like going there and improvising quite a lot and changing things relevant to what they want to experience and, 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 and the kind of things they say to you that they want to do when they get the, the qualification so I think it's been really good because they've given me the license that the Spanish FA to, to do the course and the module in a much more organic way, which is the way I work, and I'm making things relevant to those people rather than going into a classroom environment where you have to beat the test, you have to do this because this is the way we structure things, and I don't really buy into that way of working uh, because if everyone is different, then
0: uh, every class should be different as well yeah it's uh, it's amazing stuff like the transferable skills from you know going from an academy into different kind of clubs and just kind of picking out new ideas but again just kind of creating the same um, philosophy Um, you've worked in um, many youth academies what was the your your favorite moment in the academies uh, and what was the kind of the best academy you had to work with and the most challenging academy you've kind of had to deal with
1: Well, i would say the, the the best moments in for me it's every day is it's working with the players working with the with the staff making sure that you know we are quite organic and 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 we when we get into the building we are ready to you know to have a good day altogether making sure that we're going to you know follow our main ethos and values which are daily improvements and happiness um so i, I wouldn't really highlight any day because for me probably If I was going to highlight, I don't know, winning this cup or winning this game, probably that's just a consequence of all the previous days. (laughs) Um, So obviously those days, those previous days were equally important because otherwise you wouldn't have probably won the cup or you wouldn't have done this or you wouldn't have given a professional contract to this player or this other player that you end up releasing... Wouldn't come back to you half half a year um, later to say thank you so much. You know, I didn't get my pro, but I'm a better person today. So obviously, those are probably the consequences of every day. In terms of challenging, every day is challenging, and every every you know every environment. So I wouldn't I wouldn't highlight any academy as such. Um, I think it's you is your mindset is is what you want to do. You can make everything as challenging as you want, or as easy as you want, or as worthwhile as you want. So I don't think it's so much the environment, but it's it's what you want to take out of the environment. So I would tell people probably just to you know um, to look at themselves first and and, and and tell and ask themselves what they can do better and how can they improve things rather than rely on the environment or the club or the or external factors to give them the answers so i wouldn't really answer you with a direct question so a direct answer sorry um and yeah basically in terms of the now i mean i'm i'm, I'm very comfortable with what i do right now with 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 mk dons and and i would say that's probably you know the the best i mean i always embrace what what i have today and, and and probably if i have to say what's the best experience i would say today today was the best experience and 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 hopefully tomorrow will be improved. but I'm, I'm quite happy where I am, and I'm quite happy to, you know, rather than looking at the past constantly,
0: just to 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 embrace the today and and, and what we can do tomorrow. No, oh, brilliant. Um, I I read a few articles in the kind of four four two website, and um, the you were part of the Nike Academy. Um, yes. can you tell the listeners about your job role and how you managed to uh, get into that academy? Um, so
1: to be fair, the 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 Nike Academy was a very humble experience, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I was very lucky that uh, in my first year at the Academy is when they, the Academy got moved into St. George's Park and we were blessed with resources and the people that we work with. And and by the way, I love going to St. George's Park. I mean, I, it's, it's an amazing place and, and I really love it. Um, So how did I get the job? I mean, I applied for the job. I mean, it was one of those where... Um, I think it was on a Monday that I got a phone call from a friend of mine and said, Edu, have you checked that there is this vacancy in the Nike Academy? And I'm like, no, no. But I didn't really pay attention. Then in the afternoon, someone else texted me. Edu, have you checked this? That, that, you know, I think, I think you should apply. The day after, someone else texted me. So, and I promise you, after three or four, I said, well, that's, that's a sign. I mean, I, I need to apply for this. I mean, you know, someone is telling me that I have to try and get it. So I did. I did apply for it. And they, you know, I was lucky that they they were looking for a profile like myself. I mean, it's not like I was the best coach out there. I was probably just the most uh, appropriate for the role because they were looking for someone who could speak different languages, um, who had lived abroad, who, you know, because obviously our players were going to be from different nationalities, different backgrounds. So so that's why they, they obviously, they opted for someone who maybe back then, I didn't have the pro license. So, you know, so back then, you know, the technicality of my job, I was still, you know, uh, learning a lot. I'm, I'm learning a lot today, but obviously back then even more. Um, so I think it was just that I, I fitted the profile that they were looking for. And it was a very humble experience. I loved it. I started as the, as the assistant coach for Jimmy Gilligan, which was a great experience. And then Jimmy left in the first year. And then I stayed, I stayed as the head coach uh, with John Goodman. John Goodman would oversee the project. And then I was the head coach for, uh, and in charge of the coaching development and, and writing the sessions and taking the all the sessions on the grass and the individual development and obviously um, looking after the different staff that you know, um, that we had at our disposal to make sure that we would enhance the development and the learning of our players and I tell you what I mean some people you know some people sometimes only associate success to the brand and to the um, crest and when you say that you know you come from this premier league club everyone is like oh wow they must be doing something brilliant you know Um, and probably they do but but the nike academy we were not associated to any football club it was an independent scheme Um, and some people may say that obviously nike was a brand that was trying to sell boots and, and maybe they were but to be fair, it was also a brand that gave us loads of possibilities to enhance the development of those players. We did great things, and every year we achieved 50% minimum of the players that we had in the academy to earn a professional contract. Um, and I think that's remarkable. And that's credit to what Nike did for those players, what the staff did for those players, but mainly what those players were prepared to do. I mean, i have I've, I never say never, but to be fair, it's been tough to work with people who were so committed and who are so committed to their development and to the daily improvements as the
0: players that I work with in the Nike Academy. It was remarkable, their mindset. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, just going on, to, you talked about like, uh, a, new, uh, a different language and um, kind of surrounding yourself with um, people who are supportive. How important is that to, you, to other coaches to try and learn a second language or a third language? and also surrounding yourself with people who are going to tell you the truth? Um, I think it's
1: vital. I think it's vital to be prepared to learn, not just different languages, but anything. I'm not saying that, you know, I, I don't believe in that. This is what you need to do to get to be, or that ingredient is what's going to make your pie taste better than someone else's. I don't, that's not my mindset. I mean, I, I don't work based on what I need to do in order to beat others. I always think about what I need to do to improve myself, what I need to do to be a better person than I was yesterday. And of course, learning languages, learning different skills, having loads of hobbies, uh, talking to other people, travelling, embracing what others do, without losing perspective of who you are and who you want to be, and, who you, and, and, the, and your own values and your own ethos, I think that's fundamental. And then in terms of um, not just the languages, but you know what you want to do in terms of courses and so on. I always say uh, I think it would be quite unfair to tell people what kind of things they need to do to get better. I think it's just it's more about mindset than rather than the things that you need to do. Um, you know what works for you. And I I never go to for for example to a meeting with any member of the staff or any player trying to sell the idea of listen. You know what if you do this, you know you're gonna no no. I think it's like what do you want to do. And i'm here to help you i mean what you need to do is it's more about the mindset that you have it's more about the approach that you have in life than what you end up doing because whatever you do if you have the right mindset you're going to make it successful for you and it's going to work for you um so it's not so much about accumulating things on your cv and 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 courses and 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 languages It's about what you do make sure that it works
0: for you and, and, and enhance your development and your person yeah definitely That's why there's so much um, Psychology and mindset You know In kind of The football world Or the sporting world At the moment You know what I mean So therefore You have that There's goals to be set But again It's about having that uh, Driven attitude And that's You know Having that mindset To try and Do better Every day um, yeah. as, as you Like that it Goes on to my next question You know You you left the Nike Academy And you became The, the head of coaching uh, At MK Dons What was the challenges For that?
1: Obviously, my first challenge was that uh, I came from a from a obviously from a job yeah. where I was dealing with twenty players, very individual programs, very like working for that team specifically, having yeah having seven eight members of a staff that you would need to, obviously to work with and and but it was very much like dealing with one squad and and, and a very a very main focus on on developing those twenty players. And, and obviously when I came here to MK Dons to do my first job at the academy, I had to, to obviously open up my my approach. And obviously I was looking after then 180 players. And and it was more about coaching the coaches for them to then coach the players rather than me coaching those players directly on the grass every day. Um, I still coach the under-18s and I help out with the 18s uh, doing my time as a head of academy coaching. But it was a different role I mean so the challenge was that I had to adapt myself and I had to be flexible and I had to understand hey Edu, you are not here for yourself and this is what you need to do so now it's not about you know coaching those 20 players and making those individual programs for them now it's about coaching these 20 coaches so you can they can affect those 183 players um, so that was the main challenge just to adapt myself to the new
0: role and responsibilities of my job yeah, brilliant. And then you moved on to the twenty-threes coach and the senior player development coach at MK yeah. Dons. Uh, how do you deal with kinda of, experienced players who have got that mindset of like they're they're so close to the first team or they're in the twenty-threes team? And how do you kinda of, you know deal with that kinda of, success to failure? Um,
1: being yourself, being very authentic, being very humble, being very honest and just being yourself. I mean, I don't think there is a main difference between dealing with those players, then dealing with under-9s, then dealing with first-team players. They all represent their own challenges. Um, I've been at times, I remember my you know, first coaching sessions when I had to uh, coach under-9s, 10s, 11s. I tell you what, it was a challenge at times. <laughs> and and so, so I wouldn't disrespect, You know, I mean, I wouldn't say that dealing with first-team players is harder, it's different is different and therefore what you need to do is be open-minded to that difference and and, and understand who you are but i think as a coach and as a person if you're true to yourself if you're honest if you're authentic if you go with a very humble approach if you are there making sure that they understand that you are there for them and that you are prepared to answer these three questions then you'll be fine and for me the three questions is if i was a player i would probably ask myself i would probably like my coach to to answer these three questions. Are you going to are you gonna make me better <laughs> as a person and player? Are you going to make the team better? And are you going to help us win and be successful? And if the answer is yes to those three questions, and if they see that you have a genuine belief and a genuine approach to do those three questions for them, rather than for yourself and rather than for your own agendas, I think you, they will listen to you. And I think the challenges will become easier, and I think you know uh, it, it won't be a problem. Uh, then it will be just down to communication, down to relationships, empathy, compassion, and then different personalities. As well as you have to deal with different personalities when you coach on the 9s, 10s, 11s, and the nines, tens, elevens, and thirteens. So I don't think it's, I don't think the main difference is the age. I think the main difference is your mindset, your approach, and whether you can definitely be true to yourself and kind of tell them or or let them know that you are there for them. I think that's the main thing. And uh, And of course, then obviously you have to adapt to those surroundings. I mean, obviously those players will have, you know, the stress of how to get to the first team and the financial stress. But those stress are, you know, as relevant to them as the stress of my friend is not helping me out when you coach the under-9s. And, you know, and for them, that's that problem. And, that's, uh, you know, and you have to find a solution to that problem. So that's what you do. I mean, as a leader, you, what you try to do is find solutions to, you know, to the problems that those people have. And sometimes the, the solutions are basically just help them out to find their own solutions rather than just give them the
0: solutions. No, but you, know, you need a, a, such a variety of transferable skills. You know, looking for the younger ones to the older ones, and but again, I have that attitude of just making the, you know, the day better for every single player. You know, and making but, the training sessions. But but that's why for me it's so relevant when
1: people ask me, um, what are the skills do you have to have, or do you need to acquire to be a, fo- a good football coach or a good football manager? And the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> I, I generally don't know because it depends on you, depends on loads of things. But what I do know though, is that what you need to do is to live. What you need to do is to embrace every learning opportunity that you have throughout the day because let's not forget that you're dealing with people and, you know, that they have problems like any other person, like in any other industry.
0: That's great. Uh, You have a number of qualifications from the FA and the Spanish FA. What challenged you the most and what was the best course?
1: To be fair, every qualification was challenging in in, in that specific moment. Um, So, you know, I don't think, again, I don't think there is it, obviously if i had done the pro license when i was 23 i would say wow that was really hard <laughs> because obviously i I haven't lived enough and experienced enough and, I, and acquired enough knowledge to deal with the course so i think i think the secret is try to face different challenges at the right time um so i wouldn't say every course was very challenging at that specific moment because that was obviously the most challenging thing i had done till then and and so I wouldn't say that there is one chal- one more challenging than another. Uh, in terms of uh, qualifications, in I- I'm really, really happy. I did my qualifications in England. I mean, uh, uh, I've got load of, loads, of time for the FA. I think the FA is doing a great job. I know that some people uh, wouldn't back up my words, but I do. I mean, uh, I think it's, it's it's very difficult to cater for everyone. It's very difficult to please everyone. It's very difficult to to write a course that is going to uh, be suitable for everyone. Uh, but and taking all of that into account, I think the f a is doing a very good job um so I was very pleased to do the u f a b and the u f a with the f a and then I was delighted to be invited by the spanish f a to do my pro license there and then obviously that's giving me the opportunity to, to get the best out of both um and obviously that's giving me a different perspective probably the f a was more about um, seminars workshops which offered me the opportunity to, to work in teams, uh, to network with different people, to then do some study visits with different people in different clubs, which was a great um, opportunity. And then with the Spanish FA, it was more about the tactical side of the game. You, you know, uh, over there there was an obsession about analyzing the opposition, analyzing everything you do on your training sessions, whether your vision, is linked with your training sessions whether your training sessions are linked with your values whether your values are linked with the essence that you are trying to um, achieve in the club and, and I, I really enjoy that as well so uh, I would say I've been very blessed to have the opportunity to to do qualifications in both federations because they both have they you know really good things and I, and I did try to focus on the good things that
0: they they, they both could offer me so no. so I was quite blessed with that Right. Um, just a couple more questions. Um, you um, you've done some charity work. Could you tell the listeners what uh, charity work you've done?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, to be fair, you you've, you got me there because I didn't think that you were going to ask me this. Um, I don't really like talking a lot about my charity work because then the listeners may, may perceive the idea that you know one tries to, to sell himself a, like a super cool guy that you know basically. Uh, I, I think we all have a duty, I mean, I, 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 I'm a human being, you know, I'm, I'm a person before before being a coach. Um, I happen to have the role of a football coach today, but I don't know what's going to happen in 10 years' time, in 20 years' time. But I do know that in 20 years' time I'm going to be at the Rubio, that's for sure. <laughs> and, and I think we all have a duty as citizens uh, to, you know, to to, to help others. And so I've done charity related to, to football and sport because that's my business, that's what I do for a living. And that's what I can obviously offer and I've gone to Africa and I've gone to South America and also in the local community uh, but I do it because I think it's important to give back and, and I do it for values and ethos. ethers uh, I don't do it because of my job um, if I was working in an office 9 o'clock till 5 o'clock from Monday to Friday I would still do charity but probably it would be a different type of charity because probably my industry my world would take me into different pathways and into different kind of um, opportunities but uh, I I believe that you know we we all have we all have a duty uh, of help and support others. Um and I think it's important and obviously the beauty that we have in football is that what we do has a media attention and has a and and, and, and can create a bit of a role model. Um so it's not that we are cooler or better or anything like that than other industries. It's not like you know uh, as I said, if I was working in an office, I would still do the charity, so I don't do it you know, for media attention. But the beauty, as I said, of, of working in football is that sometimes you can attract some media attention, and if you do it in the right way, and if you do it to benefit those charities, to benefit those costs, to benefit those people who are going to be benefiting from what the charity does, I think that's remarkable, and I think that's important that we do it. So it's important that we... Um, you know, that as well as we take the benefits of our industry, uh, and as well as we embrace the, you know, the benefits that we, we can get from a personal level, is also try to obviously then share that, that, that benefit. And, and for me, it's important. But from a from a human perspective, and from a very personal perspective.
0: Yeah, brilliant. You know, we just we have to, you know, look out for each other. You know, and really just you know work as a community. Um. just um, my final question is um, what's next for you? are you is there a, a something you're just going to be working with MK Dons or you're just going to let things happen?
1: Um, yeah no, I, I don't know I don't know how to answer the question because I, I generally don't know what's going to happen I mean what I would like to happen is obviously to finish this this year in a very successful year, in a very successful manner and for me successful would be um, helping um, our staff to achieve uh, what they want to achieve to to make sure that they feel empowered to make sure that they feel happy in our environment to make sure that when uh, the alarm clock uh, goes off every morning they go yes I'm going to work rather than think oh blame me I need to go there and deal with those people um, then for me success will be making sure that our players have an opportunity to get their professional contracts success would mean obviously you know Winning games, but in the right way, with our DNA, with you know enjoying ourselves, and then what happens next i don 't know I mean obviously, I love this club, and we'll see what happens in this club but obviously um, i'm very committed to my career and so so I, I never hide you know the, the the fact that I would like to one day to be in a first team environment, uh, but when it happens, it happens and And I don't think it's about chasing things. It's about living your present and understanding that, you know, the only thing you can do is controlling the controllables, which is, you know, your day, the people you work with,
0: um, and and then we'll see what happens. No, brilliant. And just uh, one final question. Um, Where can people find you on social media?
1: Um, They can find me in Twitter, mainly. Um, So my Twitter account is um, Coach Edu Rubio. So if you just click on Coach Edu Rubio, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm always... Obviously, I'm not going to say that I'm going to reply reply straight away. But I always try to, to to have time for everyone that sends me a DM or anyone that needs an information. There is no secrets in our club. Uh, we are very open. We like sharing. I think it's important to share. It's important to embrace what others may may say about your work. Um, I I remember one of my teachers at university saying that feedback is a gift. Uh, you know, and and for me it is. Uh, that doesn't mean that that gift has to change my vision and everything but you know but you have to listen I think it's important so yeah so people can just find me on Twitter and I'll be more than happy to to, to help out and more than happy to to be approachable and and I remember when obviously now I still need loads of help from different people but I remember when I first started and I didn't even know one person in football I mean I was always delighted when someone would open the door and and have you know time to give me Five years of that time, so so I I do try to do that
0: as well. So I'll be more than happy to help out people. No, thanks again. It's been really, really you know excellent listening to you, and um, thanks again for coming on the podcast.
1: You're more than welcome. Thank you so much for having me.